0: to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Built to Last show. I'm really excited to have our guest today,
1: Lindsay Preston. What's up, Lindsay? Hi, Megan. So excited to be here.
0: I know. I can't wait to dive into a really juicy conversation. We were just chatting pre-interview about all things Um, being moms, being business owners, even going through some rebranding and kind of structuring your business around different seasons in your life. So I'm really excited to hear what we're going to talk about today. I'd love for you to take a moment, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your business and kind of fill us in on some of the backstory about how you even got into this whole coaching world in the first place.
1: Yeah. Um, Okay. So I'm Lindsay Preston and I've been a coach now. We were just talking about for seven and a half years, which is crazy. Um, But it started back when I was in my late twenties before um, I entered coaching. I was in human resources. I had a dance studio. I was just like the super driven girl. Like I'm going to be successful in my life, but I'm going to do it in a way where I feel really good because I saw everyone around me go and be successful in corporate or in other areas. But they hated their lives. <laughs> and I just could not do that. Um, and so along the way in my 20s, I unexpectedly get pregnant. I had been with somebody since college. So it's not like it was a one night thing. Um, but it it kind of like threw a loop in everything it was like, okay, I'm 26. Now I'm going to have a baby. I had the stand As I said, I had an HR job. Like how does this fit in the mix? And I attempted to do all the things after I had a baby, but As many of y'all know, as moms, it's hard. And I felt really called to stay at home. Um, But at the same time, I was like, oh, but I have so much drive and I think I'm going to get bored and now I'm going to rely on this partner of mine. But I leaned into that discomfort because, again, I just felt really called to do that. And so I spent some time at home with my daughter. And that's when things really started to come across in my then relationship of like something's off here, something's not right Um, Again, we've been together since our early 20s. Now we're in our late 20s. You evolve a lot as people. And he was really entering a season in his career of a lot of growth. So he was gone a lot. But these work trips just kept getting longer and longer. And again, I felt disconnected to him. And so I'm at the season where, you know, quarter life crisis is kind of thrown around. And um, I think, okay maybe this is when I explore therapy. So I go to therapy and I'm like, I just have this sneaking suspicion. My partner's cheating on me. And I would just spend my sessions just talking about him versus me and my goals and what I wanted. I was just all consumed with like him. And she kind of talked me out of my truth. A lot of the times of, you know, you're catastrophizing, you have anxiety, maybe you have some depression. And even though I would say like, isn't it where we're talking about him all the time? She'd be like, no, he's the core of your problems. Um, And so I did this for a year. And in this year, again, I'm just like, I'm feeling worse. Like I'm not feeling any better about myself or where my life is going. Um, And then kind of shit hit the fan of, you know, then my partner said he was going on a trip and then he just like really didn't come back from that trip. Um, And he kept saying like, oh, this one project came up. I just have to keep going. So it was like like weeks over a month at this point. And I was like, something's really, really off here. So at that point, I'm like, I'm going to file for divorce because like, I can't be with somebody who just continues to lead me on. As I file for divorce, um, it just gets really weird. His energy and the way he's handling things to so point, my lawyers, like something's off here, Lindsay, let's hire a private investigator. So we did. And within just 48 hours, we discover he has a stubble life. I'm in the Dallas area in a suburb. He basically, we drop him off at the airport and Somehow he gets picked up and he goes and lives this other life in this high-rise apartment. He's moved a woman from California to live with him in Texas. And they're like having this life on their own without me and my daughter included. So obviously it was like a whole, a holy shit kind of moment. Like, totally, yeah. Um, and so then at that point, it's like, okay, I've got to rebuild my life now. I don't have a job. I've just gone through this divorce. Um, how am I going to pick up the pieces here? And I thought, okay, maybe I'll just go back into human resources. Like, that's the safe and easy route. And um, during this time, too, someone mentioned coaching to me and was like, I think you'd really love it. You should try it. I thought it was really wacky and woo woo and lack credibility, to be honest. Cause at the time, it was like, therapy is the way to go. That's mm-hmm. the way to do things. And so I took the last few thousand I had and I invested in a coach, despite feeling really nervous about that. And within a few weeks, I was like, this is is the way I've been wanting to feel for forever. And I just didn't know how to feel that way. And two, I thought this is a profession I've always wanted. I just didn't know it existed because I had a background in psychology. I thought I'd go into counseling. And then again, it was like, this is it. Um, So then from there, I just started to get into massive action of getting certified, starting my business. I had a day job at the time to continue to pay my bills, but I got really strategic of finding a job where in essence, you're going to laugh at this me too. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I went in and I was like, I want a job where I basically get paid, but they really don't need anybody, any work. Like who would ask for that and who would actually have that? Well, I ended up finding a job at a local community college. It was a grant funded position where they had to just have somebody there because it's part of the grant, but they had no work. So basically, I went in all day, and they were paying me to build my business. <laughs> wow <laughs> Yeah, it was what a good gig. <laughs> it was a great gig. Um, and so then that's what I did for a couple of years. Um, I ended up meeting my now husband. We got remarried, and I've built my business since then. Of course, it's had lots of ups and downs along the way. It takes I took some time off to have my son, but, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, what a story. <laughs>
0: what a story. It's like a little, mm-hmm. like a, like a movie. I think you should write a movie or write yeah, a, it's like a lifetime movie,
1: right? Yes. It's totally like yeah. a lifetime
0: movie, but I so resonate with a lot of the things that you said. And I think a lot of, a lot of other women, especially moms are going to resonate as, as well. Like I was sharing pre-interview. I was a high school teacher before that was my previous career, my twenties. Um, we got pregnant with Brighton. I was 27. I was 27 when I got pregnant she came along when I was 28, so both of our daughters are 11 years old if anybody wants to know. We have kids that are both 11 and, and in 5th grade girls. And um I think they both go to private school too. They Here's do. Private school. Private Christian yeah. school, right? Yeah. Yeah, same yeah. with us. Um yeah, after I was a teacher, I was like, and I will be doing private school. <laughs> um even though my mom was a principal her entire career and a teacher, and just like you, I left the classroom to be a mom. Funny enough, I didn't have to go. I didn't go like look for another job. But it's interesting when you, at least in the state of North Carolina, if you are the child of someone who works for the state, at least all I know is public education. My mom was able to bank all of her saved personal and vacation leave. And I got paid her basically a teacher salary for a year when I was home with Brighton the first year of her life, which was when I was able to then like. Kind of like you, I did the whole therapy thing Mm -hmm. as well and didn't talk about myself. Um, At that time, it wasn't my husband I was talking about. I was talking about my mom. Mm -hmm. Maybe that'll come up in conversation because I'm (laughs) sure you see a lot of that with your clients doing (laughs) mindset work and didn't know anything about the coaching industry, but my husband did. And because I was so like down in the dumps at home as a stay at home mom and like didn't know what I was going to do next, he suggested I get certified to be a coach. And again, just like you, I was like, holy cow, like this is what I've been searching for all this time because it's letting me use all my skills and gifts that I wasn't able to fully tap into in the classroom as a public educator. And I think a lot of women, again, especially moms, left their career. They were super successful at their career, kind of like the go-getter overachiever, have kids, come home. And then they realize like, wait a minute. I don't want my only identity to be motherhood. I want to go create and innovate and do something else. And Lindsay, I know that you work with a lot of high achievers, go-getters. You work with women. You probably work with a lot of moms and they're growing businesses. How do, how do you help your clients navigate not like kind of defaulting to that hustle, grind, the doer, do all the things? be amazing at it, um, check all the boxes when they transition into building their business? Because a lot of us have the tendency to operate in our business the same way we did at our previous career or job.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a tricky thing. Um, It's not just like we do a one mindset shift. You're great, you're solved. Everything's wonderful, right? What I do with my clients is, we do in essence, like it's, we spend three months on it intentionally of really shedding society's layers. What did society tell you that you should be and how you should work and, you know, all the shoulds of the world. Um, and really just bringing that to the conscious mind, because a lot of times we're operating from this place of, um, unconsciousness in essence of like, this is just what I'm told to do. And most of what we're told to do is this patriarchal society of this, is how a man works versus a woman works. Right. And I want to mention the mom thing in there too, because a lot of times, you know, when we become moms, we're told like, oh, we're going to feel so great and we're going to feel so fulfilled and we should feel that way. And if we don't, we're a bad mom, you know, that's the extreme of it. Right. But in some way we feel that way. And so it's like really shutting that and, and instead shifting to how it's actually more powerful for you to own your strengths and your gifts. And that's the best gift you can give to your children in essence. Mm-hmm. Um, so to just, again, answer your question, it's, it's a process and it's always bringing things to the conscious mind and then shifting those things and even having to heal some things if there's deeper trauma there.
0: Where does that, like, where does it typically come from? You're talking about like what society kind of like conditioned us or trained us. Um, and like I said, when I was in therapy, so much of my like mother daughter stuff was coming up. Um, what are some of the things that like where does this come from why are why do we operate this way as women once we become adults? Where did it start from?
1: yeah, so it starts from childhood of um, you know they say until age seven, you like have a video camera on your shoulder and you're recording everything around you of uh, like well, how does this world work, and most of us don't have a lot of memories before age seven, so it's like going deep into our brain of you know, we've made all these belief systems before we're even fully consciously aware of what we're even thinking. Right. And so then we just recreate that over and over again. And so where does that come from primarily mom and dad or whoever around, um, a lot of teachers. And then especially during the, um, the years of teens, you know, you're going through all those emotional changes. And so the brain is growing so much, you know, friendships come into that. I can't tell you how many, sessions I've had around my very first boyfriend in middle school of just like unpacking that and feeling that and like what he then created for future relationships. Yeah. Um, But even beyond that of just societal messages, we go out and it's like, this is what a beautiful woman is. This is what a mother should look like. This is a healthy marriage. And we're just constantly bombarded with that, especially with social media of just like ongoing content all of the time. Yeah, but it's 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 relentless.
0: It is. And I mean, I am certainly someone who has like fallen prey to comparisonitis you know over the years and i i think a lot of women do that and again our noses tend to be in our phones and in our technology and those of us who are running businesses we're using social media a lot we're in programs with other people we have peers colleagues even our own coaches and it's so easy obviously not just in the business world it's so easy for us to compare ourselves to other people You know, do you see that coming up a lot with your own clients comparing themselves to to where someone else is at in the journey?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. But luckily, you know, as a whole in society, especially for driven women, like we know enough now. Like, especially Brene Brown's work has become really popular and knowing, you know, the shame and how we compare and bringing that up. So at least it's like in the conscious mind somewhat, but it's these little things that happen all day long. And until you go in and dig deeper of the mindset of like, what is that really triggering in you? then you're just walking around and you're like, I don't know about you, Megan, but there are some days when I'm just like, man, I was in a great mood. And then all of a sudden I'm in this funky mood. Like uh-huh. what the hell happens? Yeah. And then I have to kind of step back and it's like, oh, it was that one text message that triggered this one thing in me, but because we're moving so fast, we miss it. And then mm-hmm. I go back to that. And I'm like, oh, Lindsay shift that thought. Let's think this thing instead. And then I can move about my day the way I want to.
0: Yeah. 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 You know, also as moms, Uh, and as women, we go through so many different seasons in life. And again, I think that our past training and the examples that we've seen, it's like, well, you don't take time off. There isn't time to rest. Um, you've got to keep pushing. You have to keep moving things forward. And especially entrepreneurial women. I mean, I'm a business coach, so people are coming to me specifically to talk about growing their business, um, But, you know, I was talking to a client the other day and she just moved her house over the weekend, like moved homes, moved in with her partner, um, you know, schlepped all their stuff from two different houses into one. And the whole moving process was taking longer than she thought it was going to take. And she was sharing on a call. She was like, I should be like following up with um, people who went through my last launch and didn't purchase. But I have all these things with my house and getting it situated And that, you know, that's just one example. I think that we put so much pressure on ourselves to not take a step back or like not let ourselves give attention to other areas of our lives. And
1: I'm sure you see that come up a lot with your clients as well. Yeah, for sure. And I see it come up in different ways. Um, First off, being a driven woman, we tend to and we don't really want to admit we do this, but we tend to put work goals above all other goals. And we just make work goals, especially as entrepreneurs, right? It's like, we got to pay our bills, yeah. you know? Um, and we can do all the mindset work we want to, to be in abundance. But at the end of the day, that's the truth. Um, and so there are just these times when it's just like, you know, we're totally focused in on work and everything else goes by the wayside. And so I know what I've intentionally had to do is when I'm making my goals is like, okay, I need to have some personal things in there too. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise my, my life just becomes work all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, even just goals of like, I disconnected at 5 PM. I didn't work on the weekends. I enjoyed, you know, I had these certain amount of fun activities because again, like we're so, we want everything to be measurable too, for a lot of times too. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's very good to see the visual of that. I use a tool called Power Sheets. It's not mine. It's from a company called Cultivate What Matters. Um, and that's really helped me because every month I'm getting clear about what I want to accomplish in that month. And I intentionally, again, put personal things on there for like October, for example, enjoy Halloween and the onset of fall. Mm-hmm. So then I can like start to measure that. Did I actually stay present in the moment of that? Yeah How,
0: yeah. Do, how do you measure something like that? Like how do you like what's your standard for knowing that, okay, like that outcome or that intention was met when it isn't in the category of business, but it's in the category of relationship with your husband, relationship with your kids, relationship with with other girlfriends, your health and well-being, your own self-care, like do you have a way that you're measuring, did I accomplish that outcome? Did I reach the outcome or intention?
1: Yeah. So if you want to get really specific with it, you can set it like a smart goal in essence. So what I do with clients, if they're trying to, in essence, like grow the passion with their husband or their partner. So we would be measuring passion there. And so Mm -hmm. then I ask them on a one to 10 scale, 10 being the highest, how much passion do you have right now? And they'll say like, Oh, a five describe a five. And so we write out what a five is. Where do you want to be in 90 days? I want to be at an eight. What does an eight look like? And so then we're constantly checking in on that every week or so of like, okay, are we moving the needle here? Yeah. It's happening.
0: Yeah. I love Um, that.
1: Yeah. I love that.
0: How do you navigate kind of going back and forth between I'm in business mode and oftentimes, obviously as business owners, we are in like a masculine role at times leading our business. And yet we also have families. And if we're working out of our home, they're kind of like all happening under one roof. So it's like, Mm -hmm. we're in masculine mode part of the day with like one part of our lives, especially in the business. But then like being in masculine mode, kids don't really want that. Your husband really doesn't want that. It's not very attractive to a man either. Like, trust me, I know all about that. Mm -hmm. So how do you navigate, you know, Playing the role of the masculine woman when or the masculinity part of yourself when it's required, and then tapping into your femininity in your personal life and also integrating that into your business. That's kind of like a two or three part question.
1: Yeah. But I hear you on all of that because I feel like this has been a struggle for me too of like being too much a masculine, especially in my personal life. Yep. Um, and even in my business too, of like, I'm exhausted, you know, before we hit record on this, I'm telling you, I'm in a season of burnout Yeah, some of that we can throw on COVID, but it still comes back to me because I had a two-year-old at home while scaling my business. Um, but still it's like, I realized in these past few months is like, how do I really want to blend the two of masculine and feminine? Mm -hmm. So first it was just like looking at the two different energies of like, how can I blend this so that I'm always in these energies all the time. And it's still authentic to me Mm -hmm. Um, because I think too, you know, when we look at business, yes, we are in a more masculine energy per se, but we Mm -hmm. can still bring in the feminine, but because Mm -hmm. society is like, this is how you're successful. This is how you run a business. We kind of tend to shed those feminine layers and bringing that back in. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, with my team that I have um, earlier this week, I was working through something with one of them and you could tell she was, she was bringing up some emotion for her. And then just stopping in that and saying, okay, let's talk about this. Like what's going on here and getting more into that feminine energy with it versus like, no, we've got to meet this goal. We've got to turn this out. Um, And so it's just little decisions like that, where I feel like I'm blending the two so that when Mm -hmm. I leave the office or if it's just my room at home, that I'm still authentically Lindsay. Yeah, yeah.
0: it it totally does. And the other thing that I'm picking up on is that it sounds like you know yourself really well. And you understand yourself really well, and you're also clear on what it is that you want for yourself, for your life, and for your business. And I think sometimes we, especially as women, don't always know or we're not always clear on what is it that I want versus like what you said earlier, what is everybody telling me I should want or based on what I'm looking at outside of myself making my decisions about what I want from what I see out there. Um, It sounds like that is kind of like one of your main compasses is I know myself well, uh, and I'm going to lead myself based on what are, what are the, my desired outcomes and what's going to work really well for me and what's authentic to me, not what's authentic to somebody else. And I'm going to try to like fit myself into someone else's box, but what's authentic to me. And you, you let that work for yourself.
1: Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up, Megan, because that's what I do with my clients. And it's like, we're shedding society's layers of who you should be. And then we spend three intentional months of, okay, who are you authentically? And we did this thing called the puzzle of you. We build together like their strengths, their values, their passion, their purpose. And it's like, here's the thing. Like, this is who you're meant to be in the world, regardless of what role you have. This is your being. Now let's go spread that everywhere. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And it just takes ongoing self-awareness, ongoing coaching to continually tap back into things. Cause again, the world is really noisy and a lot of people need a lot of things from us. Um, and they're just kind of like taking that moment to get coached or to journal or, you know, whatever, just meditate and be like, what is it that I want? Mm-hmm. What's going on inside of me? Yeah. It's, it's powerful. Then you're living, you know, from an, an intentional place.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like, You haven't always operated in that way. You haven't always lived that way. Mm -hmm. Were you ever afraid of showing the true, most authentic version of yourself, whether it's through your business or on social media or with your clients or like totally outside of your business? Have you, were you, did you ever have like this time in your life where you were like genuinely afraid to actually show that to the world?
1: Yeah. I think it's like new level, new devil. Always a lot, you know, it's like at the time you kind of go to your edge on things. Like I remember when I first started my visits, just telling people as a coach, Ooh, very uncomfortable putting out posts. That's not just like a inspirational quote. Ooh, uncomfortable. Now I could do that. Like no problem. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, just continually doing the work that I do, like this past year, I did anti-racism work. I did embodiment work and that shed a whole new layer of like, Oh gosh, like here are some things that are no longer authentic to me anymore. And it's not before that I wasn't inauthentic or I wasn't authentic. It's just like, Oh, now that I have this new awareness, here's what needs to go. Yes.
0: Yeah. I get that. So I heard you say like, you're kind of in this season where you are resting. And I know we kind of talked about this off camera, but Doing a bit of a rebrand, mm-hmm. you're coming off of COVID, two year old, you're scaling your business. Obviously, there's a lot of women who do have kids that are listening to this. And as moms, we have a play a lot of different roles. Um, I know you've got one school aged child, but one child is not like, you know, school aged in kindergarten yet. Talk to the moms out there who want to scale their business. They want to grow their business to the next level, but they're like, how do I do this with multiple kids? I can't speak to that because I only have one and I've actually gotten some questions since launching this show. Are you going to talk to anybody who has more than one kid? Because I've got four kids or I have three kids or I have two kids and I would love to hear how are they doing it with multiple children?
1: Yeah, I will say adding another kid kid in the mix is tricky, especially (laughs) with my age gap because I have a now three-year-old and an 11-year-old, right? So they're, they have very different needs. Yeah, I can imagine some days it's like, if I had a nine, 11-year-old, maybe this would be easier. Um, I will say my son is in full-time care now, which is amazing. And he loves it. He's super extroverted and he like thrives in that environment. And that's what made COVID so hard for us too, was like, he just is an outgoing, energetic kid. And I'm not <laughs> that way. So I'm very fortunate where my daughter she needed more. It felt like of me. Mm -hmm. Um, but in regards to your question of like, how do you do it is, you know, you, you decide like, what do I want the season to look like for me? And you get intentional about that. Like I want it to be a season, like for COVID, for example, when that hit, we all felt almost like victim to this. Like, what am I going to do here? And I remember sitting down and saying, okay, I don't know how long this is going to last, I don't know what this is gonna look like, but here's intentionally how I'm gonna show up here. I'm gonna be present as a mom and I'm gonna scale my business and I'm still gonna take care of myself in the process. Now, did I accomplish that to a T? No, (laughs) the taking care of myself in the process didn't necessarily come to fruition. I think a lot of times too, we don't realize until we're out of it of like, whoo, that was harder than I thought. But again, like when I went into COVID, I think. So many of us are thinking, me especially, is like, there goes my business. There Mm. it goes. Now I'm on full-time mom duty. And I had to just get very, very clear of like, I am not going to let this go. This is what it's going to look like for me. And so I had to set strong boundaries with my husband too of like, okay, if you're going to work during the day and I've got our son during the day, then I work these evenings and I work on Sundays Mm -hmm. and just setting those boundaries over and over again, even on days when he's like, Lindsay, this is really hard. And I'm like, I know it's really hard. I'm not giving this up. And so, how can maybe you get some self care somewhere else?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, it sounds like yeah. you have really open lines of communication with your husband as well, and
1: he's on board mm-hmm. to support you. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. I just got up a coaching call with some clients, and it was like, you've got to talk to your partner. You've got to talk yeah. to your husband. You have to be really direct and open and honest and vulnerable. Yeah, you do. I mean,
0: primarily, I've been able to do what I've personally been able to do in our business because of my husband. You know, being a mom, he had, he pretty much played the role of dad for quite a few years while I did my thing. So I wasn't the one finding guitar lessons, singing lessons, horse lessons. I wasn't doing any of the carting around. I wasn't doing the school stuff. I wasn't doing field trips. He was actually the one that was doing all that, which is so non-traditional, um, especially in our country. The woman tends to do all the mothering and, and does all those things. And we made a joint decision. We weren't going to do it that way. He was actually going to take on that role so that I could do what I was doing. Um, I just don't think you can do it without support. And I think a lot of women in their minds, they're thinking, I have to do it all on my own, Um, you know, not even asking husband for help or asking for some sort of caretaker for help or uh, team help. I mean, obviously you've got a team of people. I'm sure you didn't just scale your business all by yourself. You have a team of people. Did you have to, like, have you ever had to overcome anything that was holding you back from asking for help and receiving? Because I believe receiving, like in order to receive, you have to ask first.
1: Mm, such a good question, Megan. Cause I, just this week I was like, I encountered a woman and I was like, oh, she's, she hasn't learned how to receive yet. <laughs> it's really hard for women. Even it is talk to us
0: about receiving. Talk to us. Because oh, I hear gosh. this
1: so much, Lindsay. Like
0: people yeah. will even say to me, I don't know how to receive. What does it mean to work on mm-hmm. receiving?
1: Like, how do I get better at receiving? Yeah. So let's just talk about receiving, right? Of yeah. like it starts with little bitty baby things. Like Megan, I love your top. And you just sit there with it. Yes. You take it in. You say, thank you. Even like breathe through it. If it's hard for you. And even I've heard lately. And I love this is like, I received that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And not have to be like, oh my gosh. Yeah. But I hate this about it or just take it in right? Mm -hmm. Just receive it. And in this season too, as I'm recovering from this COVID life, I've been doing like a lot of sound meditation classes during the day. I have this yoga studio down the street. That's lovely. And I just lay there and I just receive the whole time. And I'm just like taking it in and every cell in my body of like, just lay here and allow people to heal, heal you in Mm -hmm. essence. Um, and so it's just doing those things over and over again, And I will tell you too, Megan, like, it's really hard for me to ask for help. Mm. I'm an Enneagram five and our core like weakness or something, I guess, is, you know, we, we can do it all on our own. Yeah. And so I even tell my husband, I'll say me asking for help for you is so uncomfortable for me. And at times when he doesn't meet me in that, I will tell him like, I just feel deeply hurt and it's not your shit. It's my shit. I know, but I'm just letting you know how uncomfortable this is. And it's so funny. I was just coaching another client on this of just telling her partner again, this is so uncomfortable for me, but I really need your help because, you know, this is why so many women experience burnout. Like I was just doing, Mm -hmm. um, a presentation. I was telling you earlier, Megan, about women and their cycles Mm -hmm. and 85% of women, have severe PMS and some symptoms. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is because we're burning ourselves out. We're taking Mm -hmm. our hormones and we're not honoring them. And we're just going, going, going. And then we're in adrenal fatigue Mm -hmm. and our thyroids are off because one in two women have a thyroid problem in their lifetime, Mm -hmm. you know, then our estrogens off and all the things. Mm -hmm. And yeah, then we're like having to recover from all these things. And it all goes back to just asking for help.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I have some clients who do not really do much in their business the week that they are on their cycle.
1: Yeah. That's what I've evolved to. Yeah. So I have, have three you? days where I know I'm like, and it's, it's stunk because this past cycle that I had, it was like my three really hard work days. And then still I was like, okay, I'm going to work really hard. But then I asked my husband, I'm going to come home and I'm going to rest.
0: Yeah. 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 So you build it in. I mean, that's the other thing that I'm really getting from what you're sharing here, Lindsay is you're clear on who you are. You're clear on what's authentic to you. You're clear on what season you're in. You're clear on what it, it, what your needs are and what your desires are. You're clear about stating very clearly, again, what your desired outcomes are. And you also weave that into your life. You make it a priority. You're having conversations with the important people about it certain things are finding it's their way into your actual schedule and calendar. You're not just thinking about it, hoping about it, wishing about it. You're, you're designing the life that you desire to live. You're designing the business you desire to build. You're designing the type of relationship you want to have with your family. I think that's amazing.
1: Yeah. And it takes a lot of intentional work and this is where people think, Oh, I'm just going to, you know, do strategy and, sign up for these things that are like going to make me money. It's like, you've got to do internal work too, because otherwise it's like you're scaling and doing these things when you're not aware of who you are. And that's going to just bleed into your marketing and everywhere else. I mean, I even experienced this this past year, you know, I do all the work, but still it's like something's off here. Like I'm not converting at the way I want to. I hate even just looking at my pictures on social media and then having to slow down in that and be like, Oh shit. Like I've got to hire Somebody else to like do this work and kind of slow down when I don't want to. Like I want to keep scaling. But now I know I'm in a place where okay, I'm tuned in again, I'm in alignment. Let's go. And so that's something too as entrepreneurs, sometimes, especially as women, we go through these, these, you know, transitions of then like having to slow down and then pump back up.
0: How do you not freak out in those moments when things aren't working or you're hitting a plateau in your business? How do you not freak out and keep just pushing and forcing with more work and more strategy and more do like what, what's going on inside of your own mind and your own thoughts to have the awareness that it's time to slow down. It's time to, you know, coast for a little bit. It's time to like retune into myself because you're a go-getter, you're an overachiever, you like to produce, you like to be productive, you have massive business goals, but yet every single one of us goes through periods of time in our business where things aren't working as well as they were, or you have a really bad launch, or you have a couple of like not as high revenue months. And, you know, again... You and I have probably both freaked out ourselves in the past. We also see other people just like freaking out about what is going on during that time and they can stay stuck there for, for a while. So how do you mm-hmm. navigate when those types of things happen in your business?
1: Yeah. So first of it was recognizing it's normal because mm-hmm. I think so much it's like you scale and then you scale again and then it's like everything's rainbows and daisies, right? And it's not true. Like I will go back to my very first launch. It was amazing and it was awesome. And it was way more than I thought. And then the next year was like, I just couldn't produce at that level. And again, I like internalized that. And so now I just know it's part of the game. You're going to have ebbs and flows. And even this past year, you know, I started to feel it around springtime and, I was like, okay, well, we're just going to try some different marketing outlets. And so I invested in like a social media agency and some SEO work. And looking back now, I know that that's when I need to slow down versus Mm -hmm. thinking, oh, it's just some marketing strategy because then I invested in these things. They didn't produce. Then I'm out those thousands and thousands of dollars Yep. to then realize, oh, it's definitely a time to slow down. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you just learn along the way. And what's tricky too, is like, you know, as entrepreneurs too, it goes back to, you know, you scale and then you scale again and it's all beautiful and awesome. I really realized this year too, is like, you have to prepare for unexpected things Yeah. and I've got to have more money just saved in the bank for these rainy days. Um, and two, like, this is the first year too, to be totally vulnerable is like, I had a really unhappy client this year. I've mm-hmm. never had that before. Um, and so then having to go into that of like, okay, how do we manage this? So that she mm-hmm. wants this refund and all of that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you just got to prep for those rainy days and for those seasons.
0: Yeah. What, what
1: are you doing
0: or like, what's your process when you are in slow down mode? Like when things aren't quite working and you know, mm-hmm. okay, this is time to slow down and you're not pushing and forcing and doing more strategy and marketing and the tactics and all those things, what are you doing when you're slowing down? What does that look like? or feel Yeah. Like?
1: So like I'm in it right now. So it's mm-hmm. a lot of healing. Um, so like I said, on Wednesdays, I go and I do the sound meditation. I'm going to the chiropractor a lot because believe it or not, chiropractic work helps with your nervous system. I didn't know mm-hmm. that. Um so I'm doing that like every day I'm doing something for my healing intentionally on the calendar um working out and I'm not doing these hardcore workouts I'm doing bar work just to like get back in my body I'm getting coached getting mm-hmm. facials you know like all of that stuff um and again it does freak out It's like I'm going to spend this money on this stuff I'm going to slow down but I will tell you you Know there was like kind of a come to Jesus moment I had with myself a few, I guess it was weeks ago, maybe months at this point, where it's like, Lindsay, you're resisting what is mm-hmm. and what is is right now you've got to slow down and so just feel into that because it was just making it worse. Like I was just yeah. spending this money that didn't need to happen. And then once I fell into that, it was incredible. And this has happened every timing, and I don't know why our brains do it. Then the consults start coming. And then this starts coming and all starts to flow. Like right now I've closed more clients in this past month than I did like the quarter before. Yep. Right. Um, yep. cause I am just in the flow of it, I'm just like, okay, universe, this is what you got for me. Great.
0: Yeah. It reminds
1: me like my husband and my daughter and my family and I, we went to Hawaii my daughter kept going in and trying to fight the waves, <laughs> like kind of be silly and stuff, but it was like, baby, you're not going to win against the ocean. You're not right. going to win. And that's how we are sometimes with our feelings and the seasons of life. We try and fight it so hard, but it's just like, we're not going to win. We have to ease into it. Yeah. And look, I think people also get really afraid that,
0: you know, I'm not going to go back to a season where I'm producing more or working more or whatever, or scaling or launching you will, it'll come Mm -hmm. and you'll know when you're ready. You'll know when it's time to for you'll know when that's the season that you're in. And again, I think it's just being really in tune and being really aware and being confident enough in making those decisions to let yourself be in the season that you're actually in.
1: Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because it's so true. We slow down and I, even I've had the thoughts of like, is this it? Yeah. Is it done? Am I washed up? Yeah. Am I going to have to like, go get a job at the gap? <laughs> so
0: I've, I have those. I still have those thoughts sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's normal. Yeah. You just don't go to bed with that. Right. Like you yeah. just don't
1: just go to bed and stay there with it. Right. And just knowing it's normal of like, okay, nothing's gone wrong here. That's just where my brain's going today. Great. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah.
0: Um, Lindsay, this has been such a delightful conversation and, you know, just the the vulnerability and what you've shared and just kind of like normalizing the ebbs and flows and the reality of what it looks like to be a woman who's in business, who's married, who's got a family and is navigating all of those in the most authentic way possible. I'd love for you to share how people wear people and how people can find you and learn more about your body of work.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks for having me again. This is a yeah. great combo. Um, so I have a podcast too. It's called become an unstoppable woman. That's where I always guide people to, if you want to learn more about me and then my website is Lindsay L I N D S A Y E Preston.com. And on there, I have like a free training. Um, I have where you can, apply to get a free consult if you feel called to work with me. Um, But I always say to go to the podcast and you'll really find kind of the nitty gritty of what I do. And then in regards to social media, I'm most active on Instagram. And so you can find me there, Lindsay E. Preston.
0: Awesome. And in closing, any final thoughts or words of wisdom you would love to leave with our listeners?
1: I think, you know, we're in a season. I interviewed someone from my podcast recently she wrote a book called leadering her name's Nancy and I always butcher her last name. So I won't even go there, but she was talking about how we're entering the season now of feminine leadership and kind of like the clouds are parting in regards to the patriarchy and the industrial revolution and all that. And like now women are really taking their seat on their throne in essence. And I feel that especially the past year or so we've realized with COVID and all of this of like, what does work-life balance look like? we can't continue just to push, push, push. We're killing ourselves. And so, um, I just want to inspire everybody with that of like, this is our time. This is our time to come out and say, this is how women work best. Here's how we're going to infuse feminine energy into everywhere in the world. Cause I think it would heal so many different areas of life. And so to own that and embrace that because we've been kind of shamed and put to the side for a long time. And now it's our time. There you go. Love it. Thank you so much, Lindsay. This was amazing. Yeah, thank you.
0: Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.